Hey y'all, this is Billy. And this is Christy. And you're listening to the Front Porch Sessions podcast and welcome back to the 12 Days of Christmas Woo-hoo! 2021 edition. Yes. And here we are on day two. Yes. The second day of Christmas. And do you know what my true love gave to me on the second day of Christmas? I do, but do you know? Two turtle doves. Oh, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, it's not. I thought you were trying to get me to tell you one of your birth, your Christmas presents. Oh, that would have been brilliant if I had thought about that. Was I going to fall for it, Nestor? I could have gotten the answer out of you. <laughs> All right, so we are back here on the second day of Front Porchmas. Yes. If you miss the first day of Front Porchmas, it is in the last episode, episode seventy-four. It's somewhere near the end, if that's all you want to listen to. I don't know why you'd only want to listen to <laughs> that part of an episode, but yeah, maybe you just need to catch up, <laughs> and that's fine. So uh, this year, we are just talking about Christmas traditions, yeah, different things related about Christmas. And I'm actually, uh, we're just really starting to get into this. I find myself kind of enjoying it. Oh, Yes, I don't know how much of this is going to be funny. Okay. Last year, there were parts that were hilarious. But it was unintentional. I mean, oh, no. we leaned into the humor, but... No, we got going and we went with it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm finding out so much about things <laughs> that we just do. Mm. We take these holiday traditions sure. and we just do them because our parents did them. Maybe their parents did yeah. them. And so, and not knowing where they come from sure. and reading up and looking into some of these things, which people could also do on their, their own. But would they? But why would they? That's mm. the question. Because you don't have to because we are here. I'm just thinking about the you sign about you see at all those farmer's markets that <laughs> oh. basically like you see the sign and you're like, oh, I could make that. And they all have these signs that say, but would you? Yes, we saw one of those. Yes, yeah. you could make it for cheaper. You could make it for the same, but will you? And and they're right. <laughs> except the one place that I remember seeing that. Yes, you said you wanted something. I made it for you. Look at you. <laughs> yes. My true love. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Here, before we get going with the second day of Front Porchmas, I would like to revisit the first day of Front Porchmas. Do you okay. remember what we talked about on the first day of Front Porchmas? Trees. What kind of trees? Well, Christmas trees, Christmas of course, Christmas trees, silly. of course, silly. Yes. And uh, we also, on that episode 74, you had a Christmas-themed this or that, where you asked about trees, and you asked if, uh, for me, uh, green or white. Yes. I said green? Yes. You said green. Yes. Is there a reason that you said green? It's all I've ever known. Okay. And I do like it. I've seen white trees. I prefer green. Okay. That's cool. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I was going to say, I feel like you're going somewhere. Not really. Is it weird that I I, like... green trees with frosted tips <laughs> frosted tips there really is such a thing i don't think that's what like they call the, it though is that like the late 90s early 2000s <laughs> frosted tips it's the sync version of the christmas tree so, okay <laughs> uh, i don't know that i've seen one of those they're probably really fancy really expensive maybe they're called flocked trees uh, what i thought flocked would be the ones that have been like sprayed with artificial stuff to make it look like snow yeah that's what I'm talking about. Like they're, they're green trees, but they've got just the tips the of it are. T- <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to look, I'm gonna have to get on the internet machine and look at that. I grew up with a green tree, mm-hmm. and I think I prefer that mm-hmm. because that's what I've known. Also, I think because of where we live, mm-hmm. the white trees are I think supposed to remind you of snow. Uh. 
and uh, we did recently have snow. It's all gone. Mm-hmm. I don't consider that the first snowfall. No, because it wasn't a solid blanket of. I love the first snowfall. Yes. But once people start driving in it and it lasts for months on end, I get tired of it. It's disgusting. And I don't like snow being tracked into my house. Right, right, right. So why am I going to put up a white tree that reminds me <laughs> of snow? Of dirty feet. Inside my house all the time. <laughs> but here is a thing for those of you that have live Christmas trees, which is kind of a misnomer, isn't it? Because once you cut it, it's well, not really live, is it? But it still soaks in water. You have to keep it. I know, but Wet. wouldn't it eventually die though? Well, yeah. From suck, I mean, even if you keep it in water, because it doesn't oh, have a root know. system. I don't know how trees work. Well, I don't either. <laughs> uh, and we made a joke, or I made a joke, about not having a live tree from Christmas vacation, and you have squirrels that mm-hmm. get in there. Well, I just happened to uh, sit down in my office and pull up the news. <laughs> just happened to do the thing you do every day. The yes, but this time. The podcast gods blessed me. Look at you. There's usually a sense of excitement about what lies beneath the Christmas tree, but for one festive family, the biggest surprise was lurking in the branches up above. I am literally cringing. What's coming? Oh, no, listen to this. Uh, Rob and Marcella Wild. Is that not wild that their last name is Wild and they're in this wild story? Yes. Uh, Okay, so they had decorated their Christmas tree. Mm Mm-hmm. They happen to uh, live in South Africa. Okay. So they had decorated their Christmas tree just hours earlier when they spotted their cat staring at its branches. Mm -mm. I'm so scared. Oh, you should be. Oh, my gosh. So Rob Wilde, a British stock market trader who moved uh, with his Costa Rican wife to South Africa 18 years (laughs) ago, ago, told CNN... The cats were peering into the tree, and my wife said, there's probably a mouse in there somewhere. No. Okay. They soon discovered a Uh, rather different animal staring back, however, a boom slang. What? A boom slang. A boom slang was staring back at them. What's a boom slang? Can we show you a picture of it? No, I'm so afraid. Can I show you a picture and get your real reaction? No! (laughs) Yes. I didn't know what it was at the time, but then I then I Googled what snakes are in our area, and it came up immediately as a boom slang. A boom slang. I thought, holy Moses, (laughs) this is the king of all poisonous snakes. (gasps) The fifty-five-year-old said, "The boom slang is known as a shy species, but it is one of the most venomous in Africa." Oh. The animal's venom (laughs) venom causes hemorrhages and can be fatal to humans in small amounts. So these people had just decorated their Christmas tree. What alerted them to it was their cat cat. staring at the tree. And they're like, oh, there's got to be a mouse in there. And then they see this boom slang staring back at them. Dangerous, deadly snake. So they ended up calling us. You to lift that paper. (laughs) They ended up calling a, a snake catcher. No, Jerry Hines, yes, snake catcher Jerry Hines, confirmed the animal's identity when he arrived at the family's property uh, soon afterwards. Now, this is going to get interesting. You're going to freak out a little bit. I'm already there. So the snake was female. Okay. I don't know if that's really important or not, but the snake was female. It was between 1.3 meters and 1.5 meters. Okay. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, it's about it's but the snake was between four point three feet and four point nine feet long. Mm-mm. So like four and a half foot, we'll just odds here. 
average it out, four and a half foot long snake. Okay. So when they called him, he instructed the family to stay away from their tree. <laughs> you think? But to keep their eyes on the snake until his arrival. Oh. This is the part that's going to freak you out. Oh. The snake stayed in the tree for two hours until <gasps> he got there. Oh. Yes, two hours. You know what he used to get the, the snake out of the tree? His hands? No, even better. A cat? Even better. No, no. no. <laughs> He used snake tongs. That's what it says in this article from a major news website. Snake tongs. He used snake tongs and quotation marks. I'm going I'm to uh, internet search that later. Uh, he used snake tongs to place it on the floor where it was easier to handle. Oh, well, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, once I had it under control, the family came right up to see the snake. Nope. It didn't try to bite or be defensive. Nope. Because I gave it no reason to. Oh, he was a gentle scary with moment turned into an, yes, a scary <laughs> moment turned into an exciting moment for the children. What? He then held the snake behind the neck and placed it in a snake tube. <laughs> now it was getting dark, so you know what snake wrangler or snake catcher Jerry Hines did because uh. it's getting dark. He took the snake home with him. Oh, well. Where he temporarily housed it in a snake enclosure. So that's good. If you're catching snakes for a living, you should have a place to keep them safely. Oh, gosh. So he took them home, and then he released it back into the wild the next day. Uh, the snake wrangler here said the snake would have likely entered the property in search of food, water, or shelter. So I think that's the only saving grace here if you have a live tree, but he's not sure. Nope. This snake may have been in the tree when they brought it in. Probably not. Probably came <gasps> in looking for food, water, or shelter. Wait, they did not bring it in. Probably it was it it came it, it came in on its own. That's what the snake wrangler is thinking. That it came in and probably this is a quote from the snake wrangler. Probably <laughs> when it saw the first movement, it tried to escape into the nearest hiding place, which was the tree. Uh, oh my! Heinz, who has removed hundreds of snakes from South African homes, said that bites from a boom slang are rare said that in his eight years as a professional catcher, he's only been bitten once. Oh, well. You know, that's really good, though. But I also don't know how many. He's right. removed hundreds. Oh, okay. But over eight years, right. I mean, that's not necessarily a lot. You know? I can do the math. I think that's, so that, that's plenty. Well, it's more, yes, yeah, for <laughs> it's you. It's more than but I'm going to handle. In his eight years, he's only been bitten once. And that was because he hadn't realized the animal had been shot and oh. was acting defensively. <laughs> what? Yes. Okay. So he also said that they, being snakes, are very reluctant to bite, but have just been demonized so much. Well. I agree. The poor snakes. I agree. So there nope. you go. If you have a live tree, you Check need to watch tree. out. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Check your tree. That, exactly. Oh, my But I think word. it's, uh, yeah. Do you have any comments on that story? I, I, I'm going to, there's several things about that story that, honestly crack me up that they had to be specific enough to give you the backstory on the family the, the husband and the wife tell you where they're actually from and they're from two different cultures and like the whole nine yards it's just insane and i do feel like there were some other words in there that i've never heard before this particular article i wonder if they did that because you said he had to go to the internet to look snakes in the area and he didn't know i don't know the snakes that live in our area i know and but if you saw one you might look it up on the internet 
Just so you can know if it's poisonous or After not. After I'm in the next town and I've burned the house down, yeah, maybe. So what would you do? You see this these Mm-mm. eyes peering out of you no, from our tree. I, I honestly don't know. And listen, and you better they... stop. I see those okay. fingers. Like you're getting ready okay. to like, pretend like you're going to strike at me. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just going to be like the beady little eyes and maybe the tongue. People stop can't. It. We have to get on YouTube. Nope. Nope. Yes. This I may not sleep tonight. I'm just telling I you now. I am so sorry. No, you're not. Well, what is, we're, we're moving from Christmas trees into <laughs> today's topic yes. of the second day of Front Porchmas. And you know slang. what the trees gave? <laughs> boom slang. Boom, boom slang. slang. Yes. <laughs> you learn new words. Yes. Do you know what the tree gave birth to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how trees work, so I did not know uh, trees could give birth. The tree gave birth to the wreath, Aww. says Ace Collins, author of Stories Behind Great Traditions of Christmas. And today we're going to tell you a little bit about the history of Christmas wreaths. Aww. Yeah, so do you, let's see. I've got some notes actually on this, and they're all scattered. Okay. So I may have to flip back and forth. So you may have to fill in some dead air here. Okay. <laughs> the word wreath comes from the word rhythm. Rhythm? Or writhen. I'm not really sure. I should have looked it up, how to actually say that. It's, an old, it's on the second page if oh. you're trying to look at the notes. I am trying to look at the notes. Yeah, because I told you we're going to be jumping around. Uh, that sounds about right. Uh, it's an old English word. It's an old, old English <laughs> word meaning to writhe or to twist. Mm. So wreath, rhythm, rhythm. It, but wreath, I mean, it's not even spelled. <laughs> it's not spelled like wreath. It's got some of the same letters. <laughs> But, but not, not all the same, same letters. Belt. No, it doesn't. I don't really know. Anyway, uh, the art of hanging hard. Christmas wreaths originated from Romans who hung wreaths on their doors mm-hmm. as a sign of victory and as their status in society. Mm. Women usually wore them as headdresses as a symbol of pride and also donned them during special occasions such as weddings. Mm. Additionally, the victors of sporting events in ancient Greece were given laurel wreaths. Mm-hmm. The tradition still being used to this day during the Olympic Games in which the medals are engraved with sprigs of laurel. Love it. Christmas wreaths are made by twisting or bending evergreen branches into large circles, which are then decorated with pine cones and a red bow. I love it. So what else do you know about the origin of the Christmas wreath? Well, there's a number to number of different things to reflect on, but everything I looked at, it went back to ancient Rome, ancient Greece, and how they've used wreaths in ancient history. Well, even in modern history, we use wreaths in a number of different ways. You can lay a wreath on a grave, not to go dark. Um, you can you see them on people's heads. Uh, you can see them on door year round because I do even see wreaths like in spring and and they've got different decorations on them. But I would say my favorite is obviously the Christmas wreath. I just, I love what it represents. I love the contrast of the red and the green. I love it. Okay. There you go. Makes me so happy. Well, thanks for tuning in to this. No. Uh, Yeah. I found some similar stuff that it dates back to the Persian empire, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. Uh, In Persian empire wreaths were called diadems. Yes. They were a sign of power, worn as a headdress. Yes. Made of fabric, adorned with jewels, and often worn by royalty. Uh, ancient Egyptians also wore a type of wreaths, wreath as a headdress, yeah. which I think maybe you should do. Let's start a new fashion trend. Mm. We may have to make them a little bit smaller than the one we have hanging on our door. Uh, <laughs> <Your> in necklace. <laughs> ancient Egyptians, uh, theirs were made of flowers mm. and called a chaplet. Chaplet? 
Yes, in Greece, particularly Rome, wreaths made of laurel were worn by emperors and awarded to warriors and others as a symbol of honor. Okay. Additionally, additionally, Romans awarded olive leaf and laurel wreaths to winning athletes and even poets. Yes. Do you think, is this where we get the idea of a poet laureate? Yes. Yes. Which I, I'm not really sure what that is other than you write really good poems. Yes. <laughs> Does that mean like regular people can understand them? Or is it like so, so deep and no. symbolic imagery that only the person that wrote it understands it? I, I don't know that I'm going to really expound on that part of it, but I'll just say that they're that special that they get that delineation. Okay. Because sometimes they're like almost folk poets. It depends on where you are because yeah, e- yeah. every state has a, a poet laureate as well. Could I become one? No. <laughs> wow. Well, I just you speak. and my mom just shatter my <laughs> shatter dreams, dreams every chance you get. Yes. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go through the other 70-something episodes <laughs> and find where I talked about my mom shattering my dreams. <laughs> was it really a dream, though? No. There we go. I mean, maybe when I was much younger, but no. <laughs> that, no. Uh, wreaths are also hung, were also hung on doors and believed to have been signs of victory. Yeah, I think there's something very beautiful and almost like a healing type view of it. Anything that comes from nature, uh, when we talk about as long as it looks living, which is part of the beauty of using an evergreen tree, um, I about said stem, but I'm not thinking that's what I want to say. I think I want to say branch to make a wreath there. Since it's going to stay greener longer, there is something uh, that's tied to fertility. It's tied to growth. And again, that to me makes sense why we would see them year round because we can make them year round and they could have different ornaments adorn them so they can be fancy and appropriate for that period of time. So kind of like on... Day one of uh-huh. the front porch, miss. Mm-hmm. We said you could keep your tree yes. up all yes. year if you changed out the ornaments. Yes. Yes. You could keep your wreath up or have a different wreath. Yes. Because a lot of times you attach the mm-hmm. decoration to it mm-hmm. that it makes it a little bit harder to pull on and off. I think we could take our uh, our stuff off of our current wreath that's on our front door because I think I just have bows on it. Okay. And I was then... thinking that we had one that was... Had like pine cones and other things. No, but I would be it. happy to to. Uh, Maybe it's that garland stuff I'm thinking yes. about. Yes, which by the way, that's ours. Yes, blocked. the the pine cones. To me, they've got the white dusting uh, of paint. So it looks like it, they've been snowed on. Yeah, <laughs> snowed on. Yes. <laughs> The custom of bringing evergreens home during the winter began in the 16th century among uh, Northern and Eastern Europeans uh, with Germans, as we mm-hmm. talked about on uh, day one in Front Porch, most commonly credited with starting the Christmas tree t- uh, tradition. During this period, pruning the tree was a part of the preparation process. So limbs were cut off in an attempt to make the tree more uniform in shape <coughs> or to fit it into a room. I apologize. Well I had done, to sir. A quick that was, cough. No, I thought you were was looking incredible. at me. No. Yeah. I was impressed. Again, that comes from Ace Collins saying that limbs were cut off to make it more uniform or to fit in a living room, which is still what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Instead of throwing the pieces of greenery away, the Europeans wove the excess into wreaths. I love it. That is awesome right there. They're not wasting anything. Yeah. Uh, Collins told Time, uh, Time Magazine, these people were living when everything in their lives was used until it was gone. Yes. I I just so love that idea that they're not wasting things. Yeah, and I read that. somewhere that they did that with uh, what we now call swags as well. 
um, kind of like Swags. like a thicker version of garland, but it's shorter, okay. thicker, and usually like bound together in the middle. I'm like going to need you to draw something. me a picture <laughs> because swag to me is like merch. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I come from Cook, a different culture. No, you do not come from that culture. You are not a kid. So you were not supposed to. <laughs> what? Never mind. Oh, so okay. swag would be literally a bundling up of these branches that uh, would just be green and beautiful. And really the only decoration on them that I could think of would be like a bow in the middle so that they kind okay, of kind of hold together. it together. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I think when you said swag, I was thinking sash. Oh. <laughs> or something with curtains. Okay. Well, um, all right. Let's see. In Body Dress and Identity in Ancient, ancient Greece, uh, Muriel M. Lee writes, Athletes who were victorious at the Panhelic Games were crowned with wreaths of, wreaths of olives, laurel, wild celery, and pine. <laughs> celery. That's our second conversation yes. about celery today. Outside of competitions, a crown of leaves or flowers also represented honor and joy. Yeah. The wreath was described as the ornament of the priest in the performance of a sacrifice of the hero on his return from victory, of the bride at her nuptials, and of the guest at a feast. Yeah, I feel like that would be so beautiful to have like a bride with with essentially this green garland around her head or in her hair. Oh, okay. And I was thinking instead of her carrying a bouquet of flowers walking down the aisle, she's carrying a wreath. Well, I think that's a little bit more modern invention as far as carrying flowers. But yeah, I mean, that would work as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> suggesting that maybe we have the front porch sessions wedding planner oh boy. business on the side. Oh boy. Everybody needs a side hustle or seven. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, eventually one of them's gonna hit. There we go. All right, but that has nothing to do with Christmas. Oh, okay. Christmas wreaths brought a new layer of meanings to the old ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, such wreaths originally served as Christmas tree ornaments. Not oh. as standalone decorations that we're familiar with mm -hmm. today. So they must have been smaller. I don't know. Oh. This article, the articles I read didn't say anything about the size. Okay. Um, but it's kind of interesting, a little bit neat, a little bit weird. Okay. To think about that you trim the tree mm -hmm. and the remaining, the branches that you've cut off, you don't want to waste anything. So mm -hmm. you weave those together mm -hmm. and then you put them back on the tree as ornaments. Hmm. Uh, they were formed into a will-like shape, partially oh. for convenience sake. So they're in a circle. Mm-hmm. It was simple to hang them on a branch of a tree, but True. the shape was also significant as a representation of divine perfection. It symbolized eternity as the shape has no end. Oh. Equally important was the material forming the wreaths, which you've already mentioned, being the evergreen tree. Mm -hmm. Evergreen trees were a species looked upon with awe and admiration. I get it. Since they, unlike most living things, survive the harshness of winter. Yeah. And I really wasn't thinking about that idea with maybe that had something to do really with bringing in the trees inside and stuff because where we're looking at some of this stuff, they have pretty harsh winters. Mm -hmm. And so they do survive those. And maybe it's, it is about joy and hope yeah. and sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> the trees appeared in abundance in Northern and Eastern Europe. People started bringing them in their homes. Again, Collins says that this was a symbol to them of power, of resilience, mm -hmm. and in a way of hope. Hmm. So you laugh at me, but I was not far off. <laughs> uh, together, 
the circular shape and the evergreen material make the wreath a representation of eternal life. It's also a representation of faith. As Christians in Europe often placed a candle on the wreath during Advent to symbolize the light that Jesus brought into the world. Again, this whole whole idea of putting fire (laughs) on these trees. Yeah. Now, I know that they've just been cut down and they shouldn't burn immediately in in the green. Crazy talk. But Mm -mm. I don't... I don't like that. Yeah. No. So. No, but that's where we do get into the Advent wreath because there are going to be some traditions that still have some version of candles lit and there's around like it. Four candles, yeah. I think, is and what I saw. It would sit on a table or something. It's not like it's hanging off your door like ours is and then it's got candles on it. Okay. It would sit flat on your table and it would have those candles on I it. I wonder if that's what. I did read something about that. I didn't make any notes about it. Mm. I just assumed it meant it was ha- still hanging on your tree or something. Oh. But, and I forgot, I forget if somebody really wants to know, they can look it up themselves. But about like this person kind of started this idea of putting yeah. the one candle and then it led. And like, I think the candles are all different colors, They're representing different things. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, the tradition of the Advent wreath, I did write this down. Along with many other Christian, or excuse me, other Christmas traditions from Northern and Eastern Europe, was adopted by the masses beginning in the 19th century. Uh, Ace Collins said that the marriage of Victoria, Queen of the United Kingdom, to who? To Prince Albert in a can, <laughs> to Prince Albert from Germany, opened the door for Christmas traditions of other regions in Europe to become popular in England. In turn, British culture influenced American culture. There you go. So, and for those of you that listened to the, the first day of the Front Porchmas, mm-hmm. somewhere in that full episode, we m- made a reference to Prince Albert too. I think talking about trees. Yes, and we made a that's joke. Right. And then later on, I happened to open up Instagram <laughs> and there was something that showed up from like two days before yep. that was Prince Albert in a can. Yep. Um, uh, Josh, we've got, a, we've got a thing for you to try. Because <laughs> he told us about, hey, dudes, that he, oh, he intentionally yeah. didn't use the word. Just or to say, just listen look to it. it. Yeah. 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 So, so Josh, If anybody's this. getting Prince Albert and a can uh, pictures in their Instagram, you know why. They are <laughs> listening. Here's the, the last thing I want to say. Uh, again, coming from Collins, despite its widespread popularity today, the wreath started from humble beginnings. Mm. Colin says, we live in a throwaway culture. Mm-hmm. The wreath was born out of not throwing things away. I love it. I really do too with that because you know how my mind works. <laughs> no, actually I don't. Okay, you don't know how my mind works, but you <laughs> but understand some things. When I read that, I immediately went to a song. Oh boy. What was the song? Built to Last. Oh. Built to Last by uh, a band from my hometown. Okay. Heartland. Okay. Uh, some people may know them because uh, they had a number one hit with um, I Loved Her First. Oh, yeah. And we can talk about that some other time. But uh, they're on their uh, CD, they, they have a song. Uh, I just forgot the guy's name that wrote it. It's not important right now. Elliot, <laughs> Elliot Park, maybe. It just bothers you that you don't that know I can't it. remember yep. what it was. But so they have this song, Built to Last. And there's a line in it. And I actually looked it up because... I wasn't sure exactly what it said, mm-hmm. and I found some that said pot and some that said part. Oh. <laughs> and when I originally listened to it, I thought it said part. Okay. So I went back and listened to it just on uh, the internet, 
and I'm more confused now, but it says um, something about if a part breaks or a pot breaks, mm-hmm. um, you you just throw it away. I'll mm-hmm. have to look it up okay. to see exactly what's going on. So um, listen to these commercial messages unless you got something to sell. Do you got something to sell? <laughs> I don't have anything to say. That one's mine. Um, I was just going to say that I am a big fan of reeds, although... We were at a local store over the weekend, and I saw they had outside a crate full of beautiful live, well, not live, but real wreaths. And I was like, oh, I've never had a real wreath because we don't do real trees. So I thought, oh, that would be really neat. And then I looked at the price. Now, granted, I am just a cheap person. I know that. And I am not saying or implying that a real wreath is not worth this money but i felt like i'll just stick with my fake one because it, it brings me joy too but it was 30 dollars, and you can reuse it year after year exactly exactly and you can probably get some like some febreze or potpourri spray <laughs> and make it smell evergreeny okay so here's the lyric uh and again when you look on the internet you find some different words depending on who it is and if a pot breaks why fix it and i like it better if a part breaks mm. Because it applies to so many other things. And I did find that in some lyrics too. So if a part or pot breaks, why fix it, man? What's the use? It's, it costs less to buy it brand new. Mm. And that's where my mind went with this because they didn't waste stuff. Yeah. And I like not wasting stuff too. Yeah. I mean, Saturday morning made a double batch of banana bread mm-hmm. because, well, they've, they're post-ripe. Yes. They're really ripe. Nobody's going to eat them. Nope. But I don't want to waste them. Yeah. And we'll have some uh, episodes later about other things related to yeah. that. And thankfully, we all eat this banana bread. So yes, we do. We will have that for the week. But just the fact that wreaths started out as the excess of the tree, mm-hmm. we don't want to waste it with that. And I think also, too, the idea of it adapting from other things, mm. from the headdress yep. to the victors in sporting events. Mm-hmm. Do you think they, what did they call it back then? Sports ball or the <laughs> Olympic sports ball games? Uh, you know, honor, joy, those type of things. Yeah. I was just thinking in terms of how I had never really considered the idea of trimming a tree, given that I've always had fake trees. There's never been a need for it. But when you said that about this is how they made wreaths, I thought, oh, it didn't occur to me that there might be a need for trimming trees. And that comes after, wasn't it this summer that we trimmed our massive tree in the backyard or last summer? That was last summer. And, and, and by we, you mean mainly me. Well, I stood out there and I, I, <laughs> I directed and encouraged. After over half of it was done. Yes. Mm-hmm. See but, if I come out there and watch you. I mean, no, I appreciate all the help. Anyway. It did get to a point because we didn't want it to land on the neighbor's car. Yeah. Um, but I was just thinking, even though we've we've actually trimmed that tree and we've tried to figure out how to do that, it didn't occur to me that Christmas trees would probably need to be trimmed. But I do. I like the no waste thing. That that really does. I don't know. That just hits me right in the heart. <laughs> right in the heart. Right in the heart. I, I was going to make a joke, but I won't. <laughs> Shot through the heart. Yeah, there we it go. It was too easy. It was too easy. So I guess if you have endured your way through the second day of Front Portsmouth, where we tell you a little bit about boom slings as well as the history of Christmas wreaths, we want to know: Do you have a Christmas wreath? Yeah. 
where does it go? Do you have an artificial one like we do, which we hang on our front uh, door mm -hmm. every year? And then shortly after Christmas, it comes down. Yeah. You've added some embellishments to it. Uh, does anybody out there have a live one? I guess a fresh one. Right. Let's say fresh because oh, yes, it's yes, not going to be live at yeah. that point. We think. Um, Do you I feel like we, it with water? <laughs> I feel like we used to have a different one too that maybe had like fake cranberries woven into it or something. I don't know, but I like cranberries, so. You can't eat the fake ones. No. And is it weird that we don't decorate the outside of the house? But I really do love houses <laughs> that I see. I, no, no, no. That's I was going to say, outside. I would like to put wreaths on our windows because I've seen that in like Southern homes. Okay. Um, and I love that look, like the really simple, like a red sash that connects it to the top of the window. And it's it's just this beautiful, simple wreath. So I love wreaths if you've not if figured it out. If you do that... I did not realize you loved them this much. If you do that, do you have to put lights up? No. Well, we wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I mean, those are two different things. I know. I know. And do they go inside or outside? They go outside. They go outside. Yeah. I don't know that we have a setup for it. No, but we, we might be able to. I'm resourceful. Well, we also might could just hang it off the porch. Okay. So as we are oh, chipping we Joanna could, Gaines in here. You know what? We could probably do that across the front of the, mm -hmm. yeah. Do yeah. our across the street neighbors, do they have wreaths hanging in their windows? Or I don't know. am I imagining things? I don't know. If anybody would around us, it would be them. So I don't know. We'll have to check that out. All right. But something for us to ponder. Yeah. So let us know about your wreath situation out yeah. there. Yeah. Tell us all about it. So, well, why don't you take us home? Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the second day of Front Porchmas. And to wrap us up, I'm going to do this backwards, and this feels very wrong. I've been Christy. I've been Billy. And <laughs> now what do you say? Thanks for listening? I, I think so. Okay. I think so. Well, that was thanks for listening. All right. And you say? Yeah. See ya. See ya. Oh, see, yeah. We'll try that again. We'll, you, we'll start over. We'll work it out. Okay. We'll workshop it. Okay. Now, also, now but right. yeah. Also, if there's something that you want us to explore, we've got ten more days to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Probably <laughs> nine because by the time you listen to this, we're gonna have something. Yeah. But if you got something, and you know, it can be serious. It cannot be serious. We may listen. We may not. You get what you pay for, folks. But until next time, I've been Billy, and I've been Christy, and you've been listening to the Twelve Days of Front Porchmas. See ya. Yeah.